grateful that that you drew us near lord that when we were headed in the wrong direction that that you came at just the right time lord that you came at the right time and in the perfect way so that we might know who you are god we pray that this this christmas season would not just be about presents and busy schedules and goofy sundays lord but that it is about you Lord Jesus, that it is about the name above all names. Lord, that it is about the King of Kings being born of a virgin, coming to earth in a miraculous way so that he could heal us, so that he could restore our relationship with you, so that we would have a relationship that would carry us through all of life. God, this time of year, there's no magic in it. Lord, nothing just snaps into place when we decide that it's Advent. Lord, but what does snap into place is the hope. God, we're reminded of the hope that you have given us. Lord, we're reminded that you hear us. God, just like Jennifer was saying, how you heard the cries of Israel for centuries. Lord, and at just the right time, you listened and you responded. God, may we honor that in this space. Lord, many of us come with burdens this morning. God, we we come with things that weigh us down. Lord, maybe it was bad news that we received this week. God, maybe it was a relationship that's been strained. Lord, with confusion that happens in our families, in our homes. In the name of Jesus, I want to ask for restoration in each of those pieces. Lord, we believe that you are a God of miracles. God, that you never promise us something that is too good to be true. Lord Jesus, may we rest in that. May we rest in the trust that we have in you today. And may we hear what you have to say to us. God, we love you so much, and it's in Christ's name. We pray all these things. Amen. You can have a seat. Man, this is like a dream come true. Um, so, uh, I usually come by really early on Sunday morning, and sometimes I will wear my slippers, and I never actually get to wear them to church itself, uh, which is fabulous. I think we should have PJ Sunday every Sunday, but uh, <laughs> uh, also just a warning, please do not fall asleep on me just because you're comfy. Um, that would be messed up. I already turned the thermostat down a few degrees because I was like, everybody's going to be in fleece. They're all going to be snoozing on me by the second point. Um, so, so make sure if I start clapping or something, it's just to, to get you with me, right? Uh, but I love PJ Sunday because I actually wasn't here last year to participate. I just got a bunch of pictures of people in goofy PJs. I remember Dwayne wore like a stocking cap of some, or a nightcap. I don't even know what you call those. Nightcap. It was something old. Because, um, you know, it's Dwayne. Um, but but uh, I was really excited to participate this year because last year uh, was, I didn't get to participate because we were going through a really hard time in my family. Um, all of you guys know uh, 
what happened last year around Christmas, around Thanksgiving with me and my family. And actually, this past Wednesday, we remembered um, a year since the car accident that took my mom's life. And it was a hard day, I'll give you that, but it was actually a day that I was able to celebrate that the Lord actually came through um, and helped me and is not helping us with that car alarm, apparently. Um, But anyway, you can just consider it like your alarm as you're wearing your PJs to keep waking up. Anyway, um, so last year, about this time, we were in Kearney, Nebraska. Do we need to, like, pause and check if it's our cars? I don't think it's... Okay, yeah. Nobody's car. Okay. (laughs) Seriously. Anyway, so about this time last year, uh, my family and I, we were uh, all in Kearney, Nebraska, which is, I would deem the butthole of America. Um, It was awful. It was like, I hate Nebraska with a burning passion. I hopefully never will need to move there. Um, But we were in Kearney, Nebraska with my dad, and I remember we went to a church that is out of town, and I remember I felt like I needed hope. Um, I desperately needed some sort of hope to get me through what I was going through. And when I went to a church that you guys would never know, um, I got there and I heard a sermon preached on materialism and how we just need to spend less money and we just need to focus on Jesus a little bit more and then Christmas will have meaning. And it seemed like the last thing that I needed to hear. I I was grasping at some sort of hope to get me through. Um, I remember thinking that at home my life was a complete mess. My faith was rocky at best. But when I went to church, we were doing Advent, and we were playing church and making sure that everything was perfect. And and I don't want to do that this year for Christmas at Anchor. Uh, I want to look at the, the hope that is offered in the midst of the Christmas story. Because, Anchor, I'm just going to level with you. We celebrate this holiday where the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is born of a virgin in a miraculous way and is brought so that he would buy the redemption for our sins. But that does not mean that life magically snaps into place once holiday music starts at Walmart. <laughs> if anything, it's the opposite. And just because we have presents and parties doesn't mean that these things that distract us don't constantly remind us of the deficit in our lives. So I'm going to say something that among the materialism and the families and the schedules and the shopping lists and the emotions and the candles, something that I think we're all thinking, and that is Christmas is heavy. And sometimes it's just plain hard. Let me tell you, even in my dated experience with Christmas, I can promise you this, that there is still hope. And I want to welcome you to our new sermon series, There is Still Hope for Christmas. And I want to look at the Advent story and focus on the hope that we find. Even though our faith may be messy, even though uh, our lives may be good at best, But what would happen if we focused on just the hope that happened at that perfect time in the perfect way? So I want to pray with us as we start this sermon series. I like to do that at the beginning of every sermon series. We're going to jump in. 
Lord, thank you so much uh, that you are a God that is filled with hope and promise. Lord, that you meet us exactly where we are. Lord, that we don't have to fake uh, holiday spirit. God, but that we can trust and authentically hope in who you are and what you have promised. God, and there's nothing fake about it. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would press into the hope that this holiday has to offer. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's funny that that car alarm went off because my first question is, have you ever been interrupted? Uh, <laughs> which seems like incredibly poetic. Uh, but <laughs> have you ever been interrupted before? You know, maybe you are telling a story and you have like a coworker or a spouse or a friend that keeps chiming in with their side of things. Anybody ever been there? All the time. All the time. Okay. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, hmm. Anyway, maybe you have been at like uh, one thing that I think about is that every time I get on the phone, at least one of the dogs in my house wants to join in the conversation, right? You know, and it's really frustrating. Maybe you're ordering pizza for 15 different people and they want 15 different toppings and you feel interrupted. And being interrupted is incredibly frustrating, isn't it? Like, man, and there are a couple responses that you can have to interruptions. Um, the first one, well, there's a few more that I'm probably not going to say, just so we're clear. Uh, but the first one is that you could just learn to speak louder. I'm the youngest of three. I just learned to speak louder. You know, a, a preacher is born, right? Um, okay. Um, the, the other thing that could happen is that you could give them the finger. And I mean this one, where you say, hold on, right? Have you ever done that? Just like a hmm, hmm, right? And the last one's my personal favorite, which I would call the teacher stance, where you just sit and you wait until they run their course and realize that they need to listen to you, right? How many of you guys have done one of these things, right? Exactly. Uh, because being interrupted is, is incredibly annoying because it feels like we're not being listened to to begin with. You know, it feels like that, oh, well, they have something to say that is far more important than what I have to say. This morning, our sermon is called, There is Still Hope for Christmas When Things Don't Go as Planned. Uh, because sometimes life does everything but go as planned, doesn't it? You know, you are going on a trajectory with your life. You are headed in the right direction, and then, bam, out of nowhere, interrupted. You know, maybe you had unexpected house guests. Maybe you have health issues that came out of left field. Maybe relationships are strained. Maybe even worse than that, you lost somebody that you loved. And life has this weird way of just interrupting you right as you get it on track. And I find myself wanting to have one of those reactions. I scream louder, <laughs> you know, I give it the finger. <laughs> um, I just wait until it falls back into place. And, and I think that we have to ask the question, what do we do with life when it's constantly being interrupted? When we want to say to life, could you just listen to me for a second? <laughs> Like, just give me one minute. Just give me one minute of no chaos, and I promise I can get healthier, I promise I can survive, I promise I can get past this. But the thing that we don't realize is that God, he is the king of interruptions. 
Uh, he is the master drill sergeant of interruptions, right? And I can't think of a life that has a bigger interruption quite like Mary. And we're going to be in Luke chapter 1 today, so if you want to grab your Bibles or pull them out on your phones or whatever you'd like to do, or just read on the screen behind me, but we'll be in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. So the first place that we find God interrupting is that sometimes God interrupts our dreams. Sometimes God interrupts the future that we have written out. A perfect example of this uh, is, like, think about this for a minute. Mary was 15 or 16 years old. She had her entire life ahead of her. And she was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now, this may not seem like a huge deal, but think about it in our context. Um, she probably had her, like, 15 different Pinterest boards by now, you know. Uh, she probably had her colors picked out and uh, all the people that she was going to have for bridesmaids. She probably had everything figured out. And this angel shows up and then throws her a complete curveball. This is like Bridezilla like the, the original Bridezilla, right? <laughs> Where she's like, what are you talking about, Lord? And it says that Mary was confused and disturbed, which, given the context, makes a lot of sense. She was engaged to be married to Joseph, and in that time, engagement wasn't like what we think. Uh, engagement was a law-binding act. So in order to be unengaged, you had to get a divorce. It wasn't like you could just say, uh, nope, guess we're out that money for the caterer and move on with your life. Uh, this was a law-binding act. And so she was engaged to be married to Joseph, and this angel says that she is going to get pregnant, even though she hasn't done any of the fun stuff. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Which I think is a pretty sour deal, if you ask me, but whatever. So um, this angel says, you are going to be pregnant. And this would be scary for her. Because if a woman who is engaged to be married, who is a virgin, got pregnant, we're going to assume she did the fun stuff, right? <laughs> and she would have been called an adulteress. Uh, Scott McKnight, read this commentary with me. It says, if a suspected adulteress maintained her innocence, as Mary would have done, she would be taken to the public place, perhaps the gate to the city. Her clothing would be torn, her hair let down, which is how prostitutes at the time wore their hair, she would be left there to be mocked and open to public humiliation. Suddenly confused and disturbed is like a very mild reaction to this news, isn't it? Mary's life was put on hold. Her name would be shamed. Bigger than that, her physical body would have been beaten. Her dreams would have been shattered. And it isn't like the angel comes down and says, Mary, you just do this really difficult thing, and then after that I'm going to set you up real nice. He doesn't come down and say, Mary, you're going to have a baby and you're going to name him Jesus, and then after that, your life is going to be perfect. He gives no promise of what the future looks like. So go here with me. What's like the biggest life interruption that you've ever had, or maybe that you currently are having? 
Think about that. Biggest life interruption. And then think about this. Where life maybe was going one way, and like, bang, change happened. You know, maybe it was a move. Maybe it was a change in your job. Maybe it was a death. Maybe it was a separation. Maybe it was custody, health, finances, addiction. The options are endless of things that could interrupt our lives, aren't they? So now that you've thought of it, look at this with me. Our first reaction, they're very similar to Mary's. Confused and disturbed. How could this be, right? Lord, everything was going as planned. God, everything was on track, and then suddenly, I got interrupted. And listen, Scripture says, it says that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose and his plans. And that's like a really good verse when things are peaceful. (laughs) And then when things get interrupted, that verse becomes a question. God works all things together for good? And we have to ask ourselves, what in the world are you doing? And how in the world am I supposed to act now? And we get confused and disturbed. Look at, look, look, look at, keep reading. Verse 3. Don't be afraid, Mary. <laughs> okay? <laughs> the Lord told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. The second thing that we need to lock into about interruptions is that God interrupts evil through our responses to them. God interrupts evil through our responses. He interrupts evil through the times when we say, Lord, do you have all things together for your good? And we say, yes. Now, when I was reading this, I had a memory about my mom. Uh, my sister, she was 16 at the time, and she really wanted to get a cartilage piercing in her upper ear. And my mom was against, this is laughable now, all things piercings and all things tattoos. Um, and she had no idea I was going to give her a run for her money. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so my sister, she's 16 years old. They, they go out to Sioux Falls with some of her friends, which is like metropolitan central of South Dakota, which means, I don't know, 50,000 people, okay? Uh, And she goes over there, and she somehow convinces some poor piercer that her friend Heather, who is also 16, is her guardian. And she gets Heather to sign the paper to get her cartilage piercing. Now, my sister thought she could hide it, which is really funny um, if you're a mom. But so she comes home, and my mom is like the first thing she sees. And Lord have mercy, you would have thought that my sister went and sold her soul to Satan himself, okay? Like, flames are firing, like, people are screaming. Like, as a younger sibling, I'm just, like, dodging, hoping that I don't get stuck by it, you know? Things are happening. She was so mad. And she let her keep it. I don't know how, but she let her keep it. And then a couple weeks later, 
I remember my sister's ear looked like something off of a horror film. It was like bloody and pussy and swollen and boom, okay? And she reluctantly goes to my mom, who's a nurse, who was a nurse, and I remember my sister sitting crisscross applesauce right in front of my mom, and she's sitting on the edge of the bed, and my mom cleans out her ear, takes out the Satan piercing, and maybe cleans it a little extra so that Erin knew what she got herself into <laughs> and made sure that she was okay. Because we knew as kids that no matter what we got ourselves into, Mom still loved us, and she was still going to be there at the end of it. See, when you go through interruptions, you have two choices. You can crumble, and you can say, the Lord has no plans for this. And your life will inch forward one dreadful second at a time. Or we can decide to act like Mary, to respond like my mom, and have unconditional love, and say, Lord, you have a plan for this. Lord, I trust you in the midst of this. Let's keep reading verse 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin, which I think is a very good question. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. Verse 37, I love this. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Mary says yes. She says yes to God's plan. And something bigger is happening here when we respond with hope. Evil is interrupted. Philip Yancey, he talks about it. He says, often a work of God comes with two edges, great joy and great pain. And in that matter-of-fact response, Mary embraces both. She was the first person to accept Jesus on his own terms, regardless of personal cost. And the beauty of that moment is that Mary, like, we know the ending of the story. We know who Jesus is. We know the grace and the hope and the truth and the redemption that came. Mary didn't. I love what Benjamin Mee says in uh, We Bought a Zoo. He said, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery, and I promise you something great will come of it. And that's the coolest part, is that something great comes from it. And God uses Mary's 20 seconds of insane, embarrassing courage to redeem humanity. 20 seconds of incredible bravery. And Jesus walks on the scene at just the right time. Last one is that God interrupted humanity's course through Christ. And it happened then, and it still happens now. Christ wants to interrupt your story. He wants to interrupt the course of your life. He wants to interrupt the course of your coworkers' lives, of your family's lives. He wants to interrupt this entire city with hope, with redemption, with grace, with incredible courage and freedom. 
And so he is the king of interruptions. He is the king of interrupting our course because we don't realize where our courses are headed. And he says, no, my child. So what do we do when we get interrupted? You know, what do we do when the car alarm goes off <laughs> in the middle of church? What, what, what do we do when all of a sudden we have been thrown a curveball? And I'd say we do exactly what Mary does. Read this with me in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And I love this because I have a best friend named Elizabeth. And I could just see her reacting the exact same way <laughs> in a Wookiee costume. Um, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in the womb leaped for joy. And all the pregnant people say, ouch. <laughs> Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And I love this part because Mary, she doesn't hide. Actually, this is what we need to do. We need to find community. She goes to her friend Elizabeth, who is also experiencing a miraculous conception, right? Elizabeth is very old in age, and, and God delivers John the Baptist into her womb. And it says that she gets so excited that when Mary walks in, the baby jumps, which is like so stinking cool, right? The, the baby jumps inside of her stomach, and she exclaims, blessed are you. Listen, when life gets interrupted, the enemy would like to tell you that nobody knows what you're going through. Not a single person. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. They don't. They don't know what you're going through. Nobody could possibly know exactly what you're feeling. But we're asking the wrong question. See, you don't need friends that know exactly how you feel. You need friends that care enough to try to understand, that listen, that pray, Steve Deneff, he talks about this. He says, the best ones will not try to fix you. They won't fill up the room with advice like Job's friends did. They'll simply listen and pray. You need to be reminded of a few unshakable things you already know, but have let go of when you started fearing for your life. You need to say them again, out loud, to yourself and others. Uh, shortly after my parents' accident, it was in December, actually. Uh, we were headed back from the funeral, and uh, my friend Elizabeth went and visited her grandma. And completely unexpectedly, her grandma passed away that week, and we were, nobody expected that at all. And suddenly, Elizabeth and I, we learned how to grieve together. Uh, we had a saying, and we still say it sometimes, uh, one crappy day at a time. <laughs> We press on. And I, didn't, I have never really needed Elizabeth to make sure that I'm okay or give me some sort of divine wisdom to get me to feel better. I just needed to know that she was there and that one crappy day at a time, 
God's providing, that God is still pressing on, and that we're still moving forward. If your life is interrupted, you need people like that. You need people in your life that says, one crappy day at a time, we're going to keep pressing on. Because it reminds us of the bigger picture. The next thing we got to do is that, and this is hard, we got to experience it. Uh, Notice, Mary didn't hide. You know, she could have just kept moving forward with the wedding. You know, she could have just kept going on like nothing had happened. It says that she went and visited Mary for three months because she had to experience what was going on. She, she had to live that. You want to know the worst part about my mom being gone? It's admitting that she actually is. You know, it's going home and realizing that she's not going to walk through the front door. It's getting sick and not being able to call her. It's admitting and experiencing this pain. Let me tell you something. Every single time that I do that, God meets me there. Every single time, whether I deserve it or not, whether I want it or not, when I let myself experience the pain, he meets me there. And that's where God, he ministers to our hearts. It might be through encouragement from a friend, it might be through a song or a memory, but he ministers to our hearts. And I love this, this quote from Steve Deneff. He says, this may not always match our idea of normal, but if God is in it, then the storm is the safest place to be. If God is in the storm, the safest place to be is in the storm. If God is in the peace, the safest place is to be in the peace. But if he is in this interruption, the safest place to be is admitting it and letting him do the rest. Last thing, and this is probably the most annoying one, we've got to learn to sing. Uh, the most annoying thing about being interrupted is feeling like nobody was listening to you to begin with. And Mary, like, in this moment, she got interrupted royally. And she realizes, she presses into the promises of God to a nation that had cried out for a Messiah for centuries. And she realizes God wasn't not listening to her. No, he was listening to people for centuries and has brought her to this point. And in Luke chapter 1, there's a long song that I'm not going to read for you, but there is a long song called Mary's Praise uh, where she lifts her hands and in the midst of ambiguity, in the midst of not knowing what was coming next, she praises Jesus. She praises God's work through the redemption of Christ. If she praises God, even though very, she very well might be drug out to the city gate, beaten, embarrassed, and shamed for the rest of her life. She praises God even though her husband might leave her, her baby may be hurt, she might be hurt, her life may be ruined, and she finds a place that said this is the promise of God. And I will stand on it. I will stand on it regardless of interruption. Listen, when we, our lives get interrupted, it is difficult. It does not happen instant, but you have to find a reason to sing. You have to find a reason that says, Lord, you are bigger than this. 
You know what would tick the, the devil off so much? Singing in his face, right? Interrupting him through the words of your praises. We're going to close this morning at like we normally do with worship. And I don't know where this hits you today. It may hit you in a place where you say, I need to get into a community again. I need to stop isolating. It may get to you at a place where you say, I need to experience and admit that this is actually happening. Or maybe you find yourself where Mary was, saying, I still have a reason to sing my praises to God, to lift you higher. I want to invite you into a posture of worship. Um, If you want to stand, um, if you'd like to come to the altar, if you would like to bow down, but if you would take that posture right now. Lord, we would have never guessed what you had planned. God, for some of us, we feel like this is stuff that you've only seen, we only see in the movies and we only hear about in other people's prayer requests. God, but we believe that you are the God of interruptions. Lord, that when you sent Christ down into the world, you interrupted our course. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us to find reasons to sing in the midst of it. Lord, that you would be near to us as we experience the pain. Lord, that you would hear our cries out to you like you heard Israel for years. Lord, that just because our lives have been interrupted, God, can we trust that you interrupt us for the good of those who are called according to your plan and your purposes. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful that you interrupted my life time and time again. God, I'm not grateful for the pain that's happened. Lord, but I'm grateful for the opportunities to see you move boldly. Lord Jesus, I don't know what interruption looks like in our church. God, whether it's within our relationships or our finances or our friends or God in our health. Lord, but I know that you are an omnipresent God. That you saw it before it happened. God, I think about the morning before the accident. God, how you woke up knowing what was coming. Lord Jesus, you woke up the morning that we got those pieces of news. Lord, you woke up knowing that the interruption was coming. God, and I don't doubt that you're going to walk with us. 
Lord Jesus, I pray that during this time that we would be able to reflect on that. Lord, that you would protect this, this time with your presence. Lord, that you would deal with us as a father deals with a child. God, that you would encourage us. Lord Jesus, and that we could press in to find a reason to learn to sing again.